Welcome to Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And in today's author interview, we are joined by Jane Igaro, whose debut novel, Ties That Tether, hit shelves September 29th. We are so happy to include Jane in our Revisiting Romance series because her novel explored some tropes that we haven't discussed in this series yet. Plus, the cover of this book is incredibly stunning and matches the heart and love that's inside the story. Ties That Tether is the story of Azare, who emigrated to Canada from Nigeria at 12 years old. Following the death of her father, much of Azare's life and her mother's has revolved around preserving her family's culture in her new country. After one particularly bad date set up by her mother again, Azare finds herself sharing more than just the bed of Raphael, a handsome stranger. When their one-night stand evolves into something far more serious, Azare is caught between her growing feelings for Raphael, her need to please her mother, and the desire to fight for her own happiness. And here's our conversation with Jane. Welcome, Jane. Thank you so much for joining us today on Read It or List It. We really appreciate the time out of your day to speak with us. We would absolutely love if you could begin by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, sure. Thank you for having me, first of all. Well, I am a Nigerian woman who lives in Canada. I immigrated to Canada when I was about 12. And I have a degree in journalism from the University of Toronto, and I work um, as a corporate writer. That's my day job. And wow. I'm a writer. I'm an author. <laughs> yes. <too>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so, so exciting. We've loved following the process of your debut novel. Um, this morning, Ashley sent over the video of you unboxing your the copies of your book for the first time. And we were like, oh, we love when authors are just so genuinely excited about their work and to share their work. So congratulations. It was an absolute joy to read your book. But like you mentioned, you are a journalist first. You have a degree in journalism and you're a writer. So how was the process of writing from a journalistic perspective different from writing fiction? And can you tell us a little bit about like what that transition was like and how you knew that it was time to write this book? So um, I started writing creatively before I so somewhere in elementary school and a lot more in high school so much earlier before I went to um, journalism school and I got a degree so I already had that creative background so um, I I don't find that either one competes when I am writing novels I don't really think about my journalism training it just comes very naturally to me and same when I'm doing more um, corporate style writing or more structured writing. So I think Mm -hmm. they both have their separate places in my life. Yeah, I can, I can relate to that. I am a lawyer by day and I have my undergraduate degree in creative writing. So I definitely know that kind of ability to put one hat on and take another one off and kind of Maybe maybe this is a similar process to how you uh, were able to write a little bit of a dual perspective in this book. We got to see glimpses into Raphael's perspective every few chapters. So did you always know that you wanted to write a book that had a dual perspective? Did Raphael's voice come clearly to you when you were writing the story? Or was his a little bit harder to get in mind than Azari's? I didn't really start writing this book with the idea that I would have dual perspective. 
I think I had already written the entire book before I decided to put Raphael's perspective mm -hmm. into the book. It just kind of happened suddenly. I guess it felt right. Mm -hmm. um, getting into his mind, I would say it came pretty naturally to me as I wrote Azaire's story before I inserted his POV. Um, I already had an idea of what maybe he would be going through, he would be thinking. Yeah. So it was pretty natural for me to just get into his mind and just write. Yeah. You know, obviously Raphael had a very emotional backstory and so did Zare with her like promises that she made to her father right before his death and how those weighed on her really heavy throughout this book. What ultimately did you want your readers to take away from her piece um, at the end of this book with her decision to live her life for herself? Well, just that, that she decided yeah. to live her life for herself. And yeah. um, the title of the book, Ties That Tether, comes into play in her growth mm -hmm. in that we are all tied to something, somewhere, someone or an experience and at a point in our life, we have to sever those ties, especially if they're not good for us or healthy, and tether ourselves to new people, new experiences. And we see Azere do that. She's tethered to this obligation she has to her mother and her father. And she later breaks free from that and creates new ties with Raphael and the life they're, they share together. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's beautiful. Thank yeah, you. and... I I think it's something that um, this book is such a beautiful testament to like honoring where we come from while also stepping out uh, and making a life that's our own. And I think we all feel a lot of pressure from our families because our families are our flesh and blood. But we see in so many books nowadays the importance of chosen family and that we can make these bonds, these ties, like you said, to new people that are not like saying goodbye to where we come from or our culture, but, you know, allowing us to continue to grow. And since this story mostly is at the end of it, a story of hope, which without giving any spoilers, <laughs> hope is a very important word in this book. Was this the story that you always knew that you wanted to tell or how did the idea come to you? This is a third book I've written. So I didn't, I didn't always know I wanted to tell the story. Mm. I think it was inside of me, just brewing. And then mm -hmm. when the time felt right and I was in the right mindset, then I just, it, it just kind of poured out of me. Mm. So I didn't always know I wanted to write it. It just, when it was ready, it kind of alerted me and said, it's time. Yeah, oh, I love that. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. And I felt that I felt there was so much heart. That's what Phoebe and I were just saying before, you know, we started um, talking with you is there's so much heart in this book. And I feel like it just kind of comes right off the page. And there's so much importance that I think a lot of readers can take away from this story. And in some of the lighter moments uh, in the book, we see all these references to romantic movies. Um, and they, they make several appearances throughout. So are you a big romantic movie buff? And if so, what is your favorite? Um, I am. And I didn't realize that until I wrote this book. And I just kept mentioning one after the other. I do love romantic movies. I don't have a specific one. But I did mention Insakin, which is a Nigerian movie. It's in the book. I mentioned that in there. I love that movie. It's very much like Ties at Tether in some aspects. 
Mm. One of my other favorite romantic movies is Pillow Talk. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think that was made in in the fifties, sometime in the fifties, mm-hmm. with Doris Day. It's so hilarious and sweet. It has so much heart. It's funny. I love that one. Yeah. I loved all of the movie references. I'm an actor, so I always find it a oh. lot of fun to um, <laughs> find the the similarities, but also um, I think it adds something unique to our characters. And so we obviously knew that Zare had these um, big hopes and dreams for her life and who she was going to share it with. And she has a lot of pressure from her mother as to who she's going to share it with. But she obviously um, was always moved by love. (laughs) Yeah. I had a very vivid image in my head of, I think, pretty much every character. I like to try to visualize them and kind of play out everything in my head as I'm reading. So did you have any, like, I don't know, maybe specific actors that you had in mind when creating these characters or who you would, who you would ideally love to see be chosen to play your characters if this ever came to life on screen? Yes. For Raphael, I envision Justin Balduni. I'm not sure if I'm saying the, right, the last name correctly. Mm. But he played Raphael in <laughs> Jane the Virgin. Oh, yes. I love that show so much. <laughs> Me too. So... That's like, that would be the perfect Raphael. Was I that his st- was namesake? Yeah, I definitely <laughs> stole that name from him. <laughs> yeah. So, and for Azere, um, I, I don't have anyone set, but I do like Yvonne Oroji. She plays Molly on HBO's Insecure. She's also Nigerian, so. Her. Yeah. That show also made it into the book as well. It did. <laughs> I'm kind of bummed I didn't mention Jane the Virgin. Oh, I should have. Well, I guess you will just have to have a companion novel or a follow-up <laughs> where we get to see these characters a little later on in life. That's one of our favorite um, aspects of like some of these romance novels that have been coming out is that you get the like, companion novels where maybe it's not like it wouldn't be like a continuation of Azaria and Raphael's story but maybe we would get to see like F.A. or someone <laughs> <laughs> well people have been asking and I'm sorry to say that right now I, I, I don't have I don't have that as <laughs> part of the plan <laughs> that's okay we can live with them in our own heads and see what they're gonna do next and Mm -hmm. I just I loved all of the characters I mean I obviously loved Mazari and Raphael but their siblings um, just everybody that with Christina was so fun and I, I commend you for writing such really great characters all throughout thank you So do you have any favorite authors that inspired your writing of this novel or maybe even some of the future uh, books that you hope to write? Yes, I have one author who's my favorite who inspired this story. And I think every story I will ever write to some extent. Um, She's an author of Americana. She's a Nigerian Mm -hmm. author. And her name is Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. And when I read her book, Americana, a few years ago, I really saw a reflection of myself there. And I loved all the themes in that book of love and 
immigration and identity. There was just so much going on and everything was relevant. So she did inspire this book to some extent. We definitely have different writing styles and different approaches to topics. But in terms of themes, she inspired this book to some extent and my next one, because I also explore similar themes of identity and immigration on a different scale. And even my third book, she greatly inspired that one as well. So I love that. That's beautiful. Well, good to, that is really good for us to know too. So that when, you know, our listeners are, are listening to this, you heard it, Americana. Yes. And I love, I mean, as Ashley and I were reading it, we were obviously checking in with each other and we kept mentioning that the themes of identity and all of it were just, that was what stuck out to us the most. And going back to talking about names, I loved when you included the um, the meaning behind the names that are in your book. And I was named for a character in a book. I was named from Catcher in the Rye. And so I've always felt a lot of pressure <laughs> to like when I have children one day to give them these like names that have these big, beautiful meanings. So that was one of my very favorite parts because I think that's um, names can be so powerful. And I love learning what Azare's name means as well. Yes, thank you. Yes, names are very, they mean a lot in my culture. The meaning, you, you can't give a child a name without a good meaning because it basically determines their future mm. to some extent. And I do believe that because my mother, my African name, my Nigerian name is Abiyua. And it's a long and complicated name, but the meaning, it means someone who's born with wealth. Mm. And every mm. time my mother says it, it's like she's saying a prayer for me. Mm. And I love that. That's absolutely beautiful. And your mother, in your acknowledgments, you mentioned your mother and how she always knew that one of her children would become a writer and it happened to be you. Mm-hmm. How, how did she react and how did your whole family react to um, knowing that this book was going to be published? Oh, they were with me throughout the entire journey, my immediate family, my mother, my sister, and my brother. They were there through the tears that I cried, the many rejections that I got rooting for me. So when it finally happened last year, an agent and an editor, all within like six weeks of each other, Mm. they were very happy. And my mother didn't expect such, she didn't, she didn't expect the book to be this impactful, I guess. Mm. And um, she's very happy. Yeah. Well, I think it's been, it's, I don't think there's a better time right now for a book like this to be released because like we keep saying, it has so much heart in it. Um, and it feels like it has so much about finding yourself, acceptance, faith, trust. Um, so was this like, like how important was writing this book to you? I know you said it sort of poured out of you. Like, did it take um, a, like, a significant amount of time or were you just like pen to paper this like your heart out on the page yeah it when it was time when I did feel it was the right time to tell the story when I became very much aware of it it, it just kind of happened um, I wrote it very quickly but it wasn't perfect so I had to when I would send it out to agents a lot of them so kindly gave me feedback and one said you mentioned like three romantic movies here. Is that a thing? You should do it all through. So that agent really helped me mm. make that a thing. And so I would take the 
advice I got from agents who said no. And I would restructure the book. And I did that for maybe two years. Mm. And um, so it was definitely a process. I wrote it quickly, but the process of editing and kind of perfecting it wasn't, it was, it took a while. That's really, really great advice. I'm so happy that agents were open to giving advice like that. So could you tell us a little bit about your writing process and if you have any similar advice for aspiring writers? Sure. So writing is very isolating. And so when I started writing, I loved books. So I just decided to write a book, but I didn't do any research on how to write a book. And that's a love, that's a problem a lot of first time authors make. So I just wrote a book and that was a huge issue because I didn't know how to outline a book correctly. But I learned from going to a conference in New York with writers that there is a system to writing it, acts that you have to introduce and plot points and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's very technical. And that really helped me. Ties That Tether was the first book I ever outlined and it helped me tremendously. Mm -hmm. So my advice to writers would be learn how to write a book, not just how to write, um, but how to tell a story and to make every chapter relevant to the growth of a character. Very Mm. important. That's great advice as we near NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month for any aspiring writers out there. Um, Yeah, that's definitely something that uh, I think we, I think when we talk about books, we think of like, you know, oh, the first act and the second act and um, finding that structure can be really difficult, especially as creatives, because you're obviously Mm -hmm. an incredibly creative person. So were there ever like, did you ever have frustrations of like, I just want to tell the story and then get stuck on any moments? Yeah, I'm facing that right now. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Writing my third book, and uh, unlike the other two, I didn't outline the entire book from beginning to end. I'm outlining as I'm going Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out where the story goes in my whiteboard. So it it can be very annoying because as a creative, you just want to write the story, but I can't just write the story or it's going to be a mess. So (laughs) I'm just outlining and trying to be patient. Yeah. Well, that's really good advice for everybody out there who um, wants to write and be as successful as you have been. Do you have anything that you want to say to your readers? For um, people who, readers who do not come from an immigrant background, I would tell them, I would hope that from reading my book, they would see that when someone who's an immigrant says to their children, you can't date outside of our culture, that they should understand that it's not prejudice. It's, mm-hmm. It comes from a place of fear, like I explained in my book, mm-hmm. the fear of losing your culture and where you come from. So that's just a big message I want to send people, that it's fear and not prejudice. And I hope that comes through clearly in the mm-hmm. book. I definitely think that comes um, comes through. It was a wonderful insight into what it's like, because I think everybody says, you know, When you move somewhere else, it's for this dream of a better life or something. But, you know, our roots are so incredibly important. And I think we got to see that. And so I I really, really appreciate your story for that reason, because I definitely learned so much about what that what's that looks like from an intimate perspective. 
Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, well, we appreciate the time that you gave us, and we're so, so, so looking forward to your future work. And um, we hope that all of our listeners are able to pick up your book. And I guess, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Yes. Um, this is a story about a Nigerian woman who's trying to find herself, but this is not just a story for Nigerians or for immigrants. I think it's a story for everyone and everyone can relate to the story in one way or another, whether it's relating to Azaria's love for her family or love for rom-coms or just her pursuit for happiness and her growth. So I think everyone, no matter where you come from or who you are, you can take something from the story and I hope that you do. Yeah, absolutely. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. She is the absolute sweetest, and I am so happy we were able to chat with her. Me too. I know we've said this before, but when you read a really good book and then the author is just the sweetest, like kindest person, it just really makes you enjoy the book that much more, and I cannot wait to see what she does next with her career. Definitely. I feel the exact same way. If you enjoyed today's author interview, be sure to leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcast and head over to today's Instagram post at ReaderListicPod with your thoughts on today's episode. You can also stop by our websites, readandwrite.com and shelflovebookblog.com for links to get your own copy of Ties That Tether. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Original music by Jake Thorne. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at Read It or List It Pod. All rights reserved 2020.